0: To get started, visit plushcare.com weight loss. That's plushcare.com weight loss.
1: You're listening to Confessions of a New Grad. This podcast is an ongoing story, so I'd recommend listening to the previous episodes before starting this one. Chapter 15 The Crisis. The next morning, I was awoken by orange sunlight streaming through the window. Sunlight? In October? It was a miracle! I jumped out of bed and began dressing, wanting to get outside before an inevitable cloud covered the sky and it began to rain again. The bedroom door burst open and Gemma came bounding in. Oh good, you're awake, she sang, looking far better than she had done yesterday. I wasn't sure if I should bother you so early, but I thought this counted as a special circumstance. Have you seen how nice it is outside? Yes, it's sunny, I cried, happily tugging on a pair of leggings. And warm, she added. I don't know why or how, but it's supposed to be like 20 degrees today. Seriously? It's the end of October. Don't question it. Just put on your shoes and let's get outside. By some miracle, I've got the day off. And you don't have to go into your school till later, right? Yeah, I've just got to pop in at 4.30 to get my books and sign a few things. And then I'm seeing some apartments after that, I told her, flipping through my emails to see a few responses from landlords inviting me to come visit their apartments. Cool, she said, and we rushed downstairs. I was thinking we could take Mr. Darcy for a hike. There's this really beautiful trail by Garibaldi Lake that I've been meaning to go on, but didn't think I'd have a chance before it got cold. I hesitated. I should probably be spending the day trying to find an apartment or trying to learn the fundamentals of economics and creating PE lesson plans, but it was sunny and warm For the first time in ages and probably wouldn't be again until march let's do it i said as gemma began putting on her shoes awesome oh and grab your swimsuit she said as she fastened a leash around mr darcy my swimsuit dude it's warm but it's not that warm just do it trust me a little while later Gemma, Mr. Darcy, and I were walking along a mossy path. It was damper under the canopy of the trees than it had been out in the open, but bright rays of sunlight were still shimmering through the trees and keeping us warm. So how was your night with Austin? I asked. She grimaced. Don't make me puke again, Brooklyn. I've only just started to feel better this morning. I thought you liked him now. Gemma pursed her lips. Dude, I was so drunk. But what about when he requested that song for you? It was so, don't say romantic, Brooklyn. There's nothing romantic about it. Do you know what he called me yesterday morning when we woke up? Um... Beautiful. Beautiful! Can you believe that? I thought hun was bad enough, but... Beautiful? Is he insane? But you are beautiful, I said, confused. I know that, but I don't trust him when he says it. Why not? Because it's just too... slick. It's like he knows what I want to hear, and he's saying it just to mess with me. Or he might just mean it, I suggested. Gemma gave me an incredulous look. Austin Larson doesn't call girls beautiful. He doesn't call girls back, period. The only reason he's still interested in me is because I'm making it difficult for him. The second I let my guard down, he's going to get bored and move on. I don't know, Gem, I said slowly. Haven't you seen the way he looks at you? Ugh, stop with that. Everyone keeps telling me about that. His frat bros kept going on about it when we took their school bus back to the frat house. Yes, she added, they have a special school bus to take them to and from clubs because that's a sign of true maturity. Well, there are too many of them to cab everywhere, I said fairly. But anyway, enough about how Austin feels. How do you feel, Jem?" She looked at me blankly. What do you mean? Who cares about what Austin wants or what Austin feels? What do you want? I don't know what you mean. Do you like him? Well, I can't figure out how he feels, so I think he made it pretty clear how he felt when he serenaded you at the Met. But that could all be an act! So could anything in life, I pointed out. Gemma bit her lip and looked down at her shoes. I don't want him to make a fool out of me. If you're not willing to risk being a fool, you'll never fall in love, Gem. Who said anything about love? Gemma asked, her cheeks reddening. No one, I said quickly. I just think you should give Austin a chance. If you like him, that is. And honestly, Gem, it's kind of hard to tell if you do. I'm your best friend, and I'm confused about it. Imagine how he feels. You can't expect him to keep putting himself out there only to get shot down forever. If you like him, you're gonna have to give him something. I do give him things! We've been hooking up for weeks, haven't we? I don't mean that. Mr. Darcy was gazing up at Gemma and I, his head cocked to one side curiously. I don't want to be just another one of those girls he never calls back, Gemma said quietly. I don't think you will be, I told her, but if you like him, you should let him know. If you keep acting like you hate him, He's eventually going to start to believe you." Gemma narrowed her eyes thoughtfully as the path got steeper. "'What happened with Tyler when you and Apollo left the bar last night, by the way? Bri and Lana said that they saw Tyler grab you. Apparently, they were planning on going over there and telling him to leave you alone, but it looked like you did it yourself.' "'Oh, yeah. I told Gemma how Tyler had accused me of leaving with Apollo just to make him angry. Tyler would find a way to make it all about himself. Gemma rolled her eyes. "'I can't believe I was living with him a few days ago,' I said. "'That situation feels so far away.' "'I'm glad you left, Brooklyn. "'It's only been a few days, like you said, "'and you're already doing so much better.' "'Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong— I'm stressed out about the fact that I've got to somehow find an affordable apartment and learn economics in just over a week, but even with all of that, I'm so much happier than I was before. Thanks for coming and saving me. Well, I really just wanted to make room for Apollo to get back in your life, she grinned. Oh yeah, about that? I told her how Apollo had started acting a little bit weird. Does he really think you would stay in Vancouver just for him? Gemma asked, bemused. No offense, Brooklyn, but all the guys you date are incredibly self-centered. I mean, obviously you're staying in Vancouver for me. Obviously, I laughed. He still hasn't responded to your text, though? Nope. Are you going to message him again? Nope. I downloaded Tinder instead. "'Mature,' she said facetiously. Gotten any unsolicited dick pics yet?' "'They can send those on the app?' "'I think so. I mean, I've definitely received a few.' "'Lovely,' I said, logging back onto my account. I had a bunch of new matches and some messages, but most of these were fairly friendly and positive.' I supposed that this was the difference between the guys who had been on the app at midnight versus the ones that got up and checked it before they went to work. So far, this is the worst I've got, I said, showing her the message from 12-inch Tyson. Oh, you should definitely keep talking to him. I mean, if that was his opening line, imagine how entertaining the rest of his messages will be. I think I'm good. After another hour or so, the trail fanned out onto the rocky shore of the lake. The only thing bluer than the sky at this point was the water. It was the same electric hue as the Gatorade's Gemma pulled out of her backpack for us. Wow, I said, sitting down on the rocks and admiring the scene. I know, she said, taking a swig. We should jump in. What? It's not that warm, Gemma. Well, it's the warmest it's gonna be before spring, she shrugged, taking off her shorts and top to reveal her bikini underneath. Then she sprinted into the lake. You are way too Canadian, I said, feeling goosebumps erupt all over my skin just from looking at her. Feel so free, she shouted back, falling backwards into a graceful backstroke. Mr. Darcy gave me a judgmental look before splashing into the water to join her. Um, do you have towels? I called, my resolve fading. Yes, just jump in, Gemma shouted back. I shook my head in disbelief as I pulled off my clothes and put on my bikini. Gemma had exaggerated earlier in saying that it would be 20 degrees today. By my estimation, it was 15 at most. Way too cold to be swimming in glacial lake water in my opinion, but Gemma was right. It wasn't like the water would be getting any warmer anytime soon. Without giving myself time to change my mind, I charged into the water after Gemma and Mr. Darcy. It was painfully cold, but something about the icy water was making me feel alive. I dunked my head and swam out into the middle of the glassy water. I can't believe you actually came in, Gemma shrieked, looking impressed as I caught up to her. Me neither, I admitted. This is amazing. I know, she smiled. I submerged my head and then flung my hair back. Dude, you look like a mermaid, she called. Hang on. She swam back to the shore and grabbed her phone. Do that again. I laughed, but obliged. Wow, she said, looking at the photo she had just taken. You should definitely post this somewhere. I shook my head, joining her on the shore and wrapping myself in a towel. Let me get you, I said, taking the phone from her. We spent a little while longer having fun posing for pictures. Then we put her phone away and just lay on the sunny shore, letting the sun's warm hands dry us off and listening to the leaves rustle in the breeze. I love being outside, Gemma said. It reminds me that everything is going to be all right. and everything was all right. Until she came downtown with me later, and we visited the apartments I had lined up to see for the evening. "'Are you sure this is it?' Gemma asked uncertainly, as we pulled up into a back alley somewhere slightly too far east of Gastown. "'I think so.' I said, nervously clutching the textbook and file of lesson plans that I had just picked up from Mary at the school. The pretty, clay-colored cobblestone and brick buildings of Gastown had disintegrated into dilapidated and abandoned-looking warehouses. There was barely anyone on the street except a young and devastatingly frail-looking couple crouched near a garbage can behind us. "'I don't think we should get out of the car,' Gemma said, as the guy pulled a needle out of his jacket pocket and shoved it into his arm.
0: "'The
1: address we were going to was the warehouse in front of where we were parked. Its windows were broken, and as we peered inside, we saw more starving-looking people milling about in the lobby.' Should we go? Gemma whispered. I nodded and sent the landlord a quick text about finding another place. Gemma screeched out of there faster than I had ever seen her drive anywhere, and we were soon back in Bright Gastown. What's the address of the next place you have? she asked, skeptically. Okay, this one is on Alberni and Thurlow, I said. That sounds all right, she said, slowly, glancing at the map on my phone. Except you're not quite right about the streets. She looked dubious as we pulled up to a low-rise concrete apartment building. The sun was setting now, casting a blood-red glow over an old church on our left. This was a much nicer area than the one we had just been in, but... There was still something about it that seemed a little bit off. Gemma parked the car on the curb and we made our way to the front door. He said to ring number 11, I said. Gemma pressed a sticky button and there was a loud old-fashioned buzzing noise. We pushed the door and it opened jerkily, so we stepped inside. What unit is it? she asked. 306, I said, as we ascended a dusty carpeted staircase that led to the upper floors. An aroma of stale cat food grew more and more pungent as we climbed the steps. When we got to the third floor, we discovered that the door to the hallway had fallen off its hinges. Gemma gingerly picked it up, and placed it against the wall so we could climb through. An anxious looking youngish guy and an angry looking older woman were waiting outside the door of apartment 306. Hi, I said, I'm Brooklyn. We spoke on the, we're not the landlord, the woman snapped. We're waiting for him to show up. Oh, nice. Gemma attempted to give the woman a kind smile, but it melted off her face as the woman turned her back on us, apparently irked by the arrival of more competition. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to Bluenile.com. That's Bluenile.com.
0: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.
1: Hello, hello. A balding man called from the staircase that Gemma and I had just come up. Sorry I'm late. Here we are. He pushed past us and began to shimmy the lock. For a few moments, I wondered if he had the right key, but then, with a great clunking noise, the door fell open. This is it, the man said in an... Unimpressed tone. It was a small, square room with an even smaller, square window. There was a small closet on one side and a small door leading to the washroom on the other. The kitchen was fused with the main living area and consisted of a mini fridge, which was unplugged and lying on its side. Oh! What? The landlord began, hastily heaving the mini-fridge back into an upright position. "'Well, this is okay,' Gemma said, with an air of forced optimism as she leaned against the kitchen counter. She jumped away quickly, covered in dark dust. I tried to smile at her as I peered behind the angry woman's back to check out the bathroom. "'It wasn't that bad.' It was old and plain, with a little too much grit between the tiles and a yellowing curtain covered in mildew, but I could buy my own curtain. I looked out of the window to check out the view, which was two inches of air and the wall of another concrete building. I could see a woman watching TV and picking her nose in one of the apartments opposite. I'll take it! The angry woman shouted at the landlord as she came hurrying out of the bathroom. Glad you like it, he said. You've got to fill out an application, though. I've already had several other offers today. How much is this place again? The anxious man asked. Twelve hundred, not including utilities, of course, the landlord said, handing out application forms. I couldn't believe this depressing place was so popular that they had people applying for it, but still, I took the form he passed me and filled it out. The next five places we went to see were no better than the first. Well, that last place wasn't too bad, Gemma said, trying to sound cheerful as we made our way back to her car after viewing a place in English Bay. Gemma it shared a sliding door with the apartment next door. The woman who lived there could literally walk into my house at any time. I thought Miss P's body seemed very nice. I'm sure most psychopaths seem nice before they sneak into your unlocked apartment and watch you sleep, I retorted. I think you're being a little bit unfair to Miss P's body, Gemma said defensively. I glared at her. "'All right,' she said, turning the car back on. "'What's next?' "'The two hockey bros who are looking for a third,' I told her. "'Great!' she said, driving us a few blocks further towards Stanley Park. "'The building that we pulled up to was the most promising-looking one so far. "'It looked as though it had been given a fresh coat of paint in the last century "'and was across the street from a playground.' I texted the guy who had made the posting to tell him that we were outside. Then Gemma and I waited on the steps. A middle-aged man with an enormous beer belly came outside and waved at us cheerfully. Hello! he cried. Hello, we smiled back. Here to look at the apartment? Um, yeah, I said, uncertainly. Well... Come on in. Let me show you around, he said, bounding past us to open the front door. Gemma and I exchanged a look. Is that the hockey bro? she muttered as we followed him into the apartment. I guess so, I said. I mean, he looks like he may once have been a hockey bro. Which one of you is Brooklyn? The man asked as he led us down a brightly lit hallway on the first floor. Gemma pointed automatically at me. I gave him a forced smile. Pleasure to meet you, he said. I'm Doug. The other fellow you'd be sharing with is Barney. He's home now too, so you'll get to meet him. Doug led us to apartment number seven. Oh. Leave your shoes on, he insisted, as we made our way across the threshold. It was cluttered, but relatively nice and new compared to what we had seen so far today. Two half-eaten boxes of pizza were open on the counter, as were a few cans of Molson Canadian. A hockey game was playing on the TV, and another middle-aged guy was drinking a beer in front of it. Barney! This is our new roommate, Brooklyn, Doug announced. Barney was less enthusiastic than Doug about acquiring a new roommate young enough to be his daughter. He gave me a grunting, hello, before turning his attention back to the game. Unperturbed, Doug led us past several pairs of work boots, a hockey bag, and a guitar to a room at the end of the hall. This would be yours, he said. It comes furnished and everything. There was a big, squishy, king-sized bed in one corner and a beanbag chair in the other. Gemma opened up the closet and made an impressed noise at its size. Your bathroom isn't an ensuite, Doug said apologetically. But if you were to move in, you could have the one in the hall as your own. And Barney and I, we would share. Girls need to have their space, he said, sagely. Gemma gave him an appreciative smile. Very true, she said. Here's the bathroom, Doug said, leading us back down the hall. It's a bit of a mess right now, but we'd clean it up for you. It was relatively nice and new under the layer of general debris from a few months of neglect. Doug asked Gemma and I questions about ourselves as we scoped out the rest of the house. A teacher! Very cool, Doug said to me. My ex-wife was a teacher. Neither Gemma nor I knew quite how to respond to this. So, what do you think? Doug asked eagerly as we made our way back to the front door. Well, I'm still looking at a few places, but I'll let you know ASAP, I promised him. Okay, no rush, he said. What was the price again? Gemma asked. 800 said Doug. And that gets you your internet and your utilities as well. Great, I said. Thank you. Doug walked us all the way out to the front entrance and waved from the front steps as Gemma and I got into her car. I held off until we had driven around the corner, just to make sure that sweet Doug couldn't hear us before saying, Dude. Dude, she repeated, her face blanched. Is it ridiculous that I'm considering it? Yes, she said seriously. I mean... Doug is nice, but no, you can't live with two guys in their fifties who are in a band. A band? Yes, Doug told me all about it while you were scoping out the other rooms. They're called the not-so-tragically hip. Eight hundred a month, though, I whined, and it was a nice place if they just clean it up a bit. Brooklyn, imagine trying to have a party at that place it wouldn't be that bad, I said, fairly. I bet Doug would at least join in. That would be pretty funny, Gemma conceded. But no! You're just considering it because you're getting desperate. I'm sure there's something better out there. Where? I demanded. That was the last place we were supposed to go see today. My choices are, one, a crack house on Hastings Street, two, Hope that I'm selected from a long list of applicants to take over an overpriced, asbestos-ridden dump that is literally falling apart. Three, live with an adjoining door to Miss P's body's apartment and hope that she doesn't murder me. Or four, move in with the not-so-tragically hip. Yeah, that's dark, Jem admitted. I feel like we just got a glimpse into Austin's future. Come on, Jem, that's not fair. Austin's not going to end up like that. He's a genius. Gemma nearly crashed into the car in front of her. What did you just say? Austin, he's a genius. Didn't you hear what Bentley was saying about him when we were at the Met? No. Oh, right. You weren't there for that. Sorry, I should have told you sooner. Apparently, Austin's a math wizard. I relayed Bentley's story to her. Well, whatever book smarts he has... Gemma said. They do not come across when you have a conversation with the guy. Maybe that's because you've only been seeing what you expect to see. Gemma's eyes widened, and she pulled the car into the parking lot of a bar on the waterfront. I need a drink. Sorry to be a downer, Gem, but I don't think I can afford to buy one right now. Oh, right. Fair enough, she said, pulling a thermos out of her glove compartment. What's that? I filled it with wine earlier, she confessed. I had a feeling apartment hunting was going to be a little bit depressing. Let's go drink this on a log on the beach. Thanks for coming to see all the places with me, I said, as we drove along the waterfront back towards English Bay. Always, she said. Remember, you've still got time to find a place, and... If you don't find one, you're welcome at mine, Bree's or Lana's. It's not the end of the world. She was right, I supposed, as we parked the car and made our way onto the cool sand. But even as we drank our wine and laughed about the apartments we had seen earlier and the fact that Austin, of all people, was a genius, I couldn't see how I was going to make things work. Maybe I had been premature in taking this job. Maybe I couldn't afford to live in this city, even if I was employed in it. Maybe I was going to have to add a few solariums to the list of apartments I would be viewing tomorrow. Anywhere you go, tell me what you find. Anything at all like you had a man. when you act black thanks for listening to confessions of a new grad if you want to find out what happens next new episodes will be published every saturday until the end of the season If you're enjoying the show, please tell your friends, give us five stars, and write a review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. To everyone who's already done that, thank you so much. It helps a lot. Confessions of a New Grad is written, narrated, and produced by me, Greta Craig. Our story editor is Rebecca Montgomery, and she created all of the amazing artwork for the project as well. You can follow the show on Instagram at newgradpodcast. Special thanks to all the amazing musicians who allowed us to use their songs in this production. You can find the soundtrack in our show notes.